This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick, how are you? I'm doing just fine, John. Yourself? Not too bad. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, July has gone on way too long. <laughs> but <laughs> we're in the middle of summer here, man, so, you know. Yeah, and it's about to uh, get, um, like... Well, why are we talking about um, the weather and all? Because, I mean, it's like it's Southern California is going to be completely shitty, like, until... Um, like until it either start, rains enough to um like get get out of our drought, or um like the drought continues to the point where um Mad Max Fury Road basically becomes like a documentary for um Southern California's future and all. Yes, I'm gonna go and get my war rig ready. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah that's that's basically the direction we're hit we're headed right now. Yep. So what do you have on tap for us tonight, sir? Yes. Well, getting away from like you know crazy ass um you know. Uh, metaphors for Southern California's future. It's like I just decided, you know, I'm not going to talk about stuff that, um, you know, one series or one creator. I'm just going to clear my backlog because um, I've got um, a ton of stuff, um, you know, from Comic Con that needs reading, and um, like a big sack of comic books that need reviewing as well. Some of the stuff you'll see um, coming up, well, you'll have seen by the time this goes, you'll have hopefully read my reviews of um, Freezing and Prison School in the. Um, Quest for Great Trash, as well as my thoughts on Miss Mar, the first two volumes of Miss Marvel, and um, the final volume of Avengers: Time Runs Out. So, but in the meantime, though, it's like I've got you know, a bunch of image books he's talking about. Now, you'll notice that if you've got um, decent memories, you'll notice that I, I did a post about this earlier in the year, where I but just basically caught up on like, hey, all the other image books that had formed a backlog in my it's like my review. Um, my review log, and um, you know it's funny because hey, it's like you know I like because like Im- I lo- I love what Image does, and um, they've it's like and they are easily the like the best publisher um putting stuff out these days. Yeah, I, I always have a soft spot for Marvel and DC because I'm thoroughly invested like in their universes and their characters, but for the future of comics, Image is where it's at, and that's why um, I'm dealing with a backlog of stuff, both um old and new, um from like from creators who are new to them, so the people who've been working with them for a while. So starting up, starting off, just and also it's worth noting that all this stuff um, I'm talking about, basically I I read um, before, during, and after Comic Con. So that's that's how far behind the uh, eight ball I am right now with my reviews and stuff. At least as far as I I'm concerned and all. Anyway, first up is um, witches, um, witches with the Y. Um, from from writer Scott Snyder and artist Jock, um, Snyder um, best best known around here for his um, excellent work with Batman, his um, entertaining work with um, with American Vampire, and uh, the uh, you know half of it was good, half of it was kind of crap um, work on say on the Wake and um, other other titles as well. Um, Snyder has a does have a good eye for um, renting John. Genre tropes, and he kind of puts that to um to work here with this series about a, a family, the Rooks, who uh, move to it move to a new town after the after their daughter um has some like has some unfortunate drama and trauma. It's like in her in their in their old home, they want to get away from that. Now, it starts off with a great um hook in the sense that you know what if the person who bullied you as a kid um you know was killed, but then comes back comes back as some crazy supernatural entity. That's what happens to the to the um, Rook's daughter, um, Sailor, as um, she's 
as the opening um, issue, she was um, she was tormented by like by a by a um, mean by a mean girl from their from their school. But um, she but while um, see but um, before this before this girl could really um, dig her um, um, I really start um, like ruining this girl sailor's life. She was murdered right before the girl's eyes in a like after she was um, sucked into a tree by some cri- by some weird entity. So everyone thinks that Sailor killed her, but that's not the case. And um, so which is basically um, it's it's a it's it's an interesting interesting horror con- concept, and um, it sets up the uh, and also and while it shows well the focus is on like, you know what happens to Sailor. Um, it also um, deals with her, her dad Charlie, who's a recovering alcoholic and author of um, children's graphic novels, as he um, you know tries to figure out you know just how he can help his daughter. It's like in this, and the answer comes to him through this um, through this um, crazy um, bald, bald woman who also is missing her le- missing her legs as well because of these witches, who apparently um, have the ability to um, prompt to um, if you whoever is pledged to them, they will be able be able to offer you. Offer their um, their it's like uh, offer their, their what am I trying to say here? It's like offer whatever you want to them. Now, here's the thing: um, for a series that has a title like witches, like witches with a Y, you know, it's like you can look, look at this and go, oh yeah, you're being real clever and all. It's like by going with this oldie um, oldie time spelling of the series. Now, I'll say this: um, for the first half of the series. You know, I can tolerate that. You know, which is, hey, you know, it's cool. You've got this, got the mystery. You've got um, the ho- the horror going for it. Um, that's great. But then you get as things go into the back half, um, things start being a, become a lot more conventional. Up until the exposition heavy um, climax, where um, where everything about these characters is spelled out, as well as the plot is basically told to the readers, like, oh, this is what was really going on. And it's like, oh, man, Snyder, you just just had to just fumble it in the back half here, didn't you? So it's not a bad read, but it's not um, but it's not on the level of Snyder's um, other creator-owned work, American Vampire, which you know, I'd love to see get back on schedule, or even his Batman work, which, you know, hey, he doesn't get paid for as much as this stuff, which is... You know, a fucking shame, really. I mean, you're Batman's best-selling book in the industry. I mean, like, why don't why don't you get paid more for doing that than you than the creator own work? But I digress. But um, so, which is not not bad, but not nearly the home run that um that you would expect from this creative team. And Jock, Jock does a good job with the um, it's like with the art. He's he's got this whole like um everything's at odd angles um stick with that um that sean phillips does really really well and um it's not like you know crazy action like that he does pretty well but it's but it's great solid work even if like he's there's all this color being scrawled over it but that annoyed the hell out of me more than anything else kind of like what with um tula latte's work in um supreme blue rose but there you go which is not bad not all that great either um then you've got um this new series um, called Rumble from BPRD creators John Arcudi and James Heron. Now, if you've been reading the blog, you'll notice I haven't talked about that. I've mentioned this series in the context of, um, you know, it's, it was described as initially as like Louis C.K. meets Robert E. Howard in a David Fincher universe. And I'm saying, what the 
fuck does that even mean? God damn it! I mean, yeah, I'm all for just you know, you know, creative um, comparisons and all, but this just seems like whoever wrote that just was disappearing up his own ass at the time. It can basically be more easily pared pared down to basically like kind of like a Conan. What if Conan was sucked into the modern world as a scarecrow god? And then had to um, settle all old scores um, with the, with the uh, monsters that had survived in the meantime. Even more specifically, for people who have read BPRD and remember Howard's, the uh, guy who um, had the dream of his past life, is a barbarian warrior and has the um, has a sword that makes him into a complete badass in the present day. Um, it's kind of like like Arcudi and Heron, who also worked on that that. The character and like you know stories involving him, they went and said, "Hey, you know, there's more to this. We can do more. We can. This is like a like a series waiting to happen." And so that's kind of what they did with Rumble in the sense that it's a um, series about a a, uh, a barbarian warrior named Rathak who um is who's fighting against the uh, like the evil um Isu race back in his um you know land before time days. But then um, he's betrayed, and his um, soul is condemned to, like, to um, solitude for thousands of years. Up until like it's realized that hey, that um, that an oversight basically meant that he should have been released ages ago, and so he's brought back into the modern day and sent into a, the only body that can contain him, a nearby scarecrow. So then he, so he, so while he's um, he's looking to get get his body back and take out the um, Isao as well, he also has. Um, he also has help from um, some people, like some, some everyday people. Um, Bobby, who ten, tends a bar, who was also that is also frequented by the um, by one of the people who um, betrayed Rathak um, back in the day, and his and um, Bobby's buddy um, Dell, who um, hears about hey, I've got there's a scarecrow guy who's possessed by the um, by the spirit of a legendary barbarian. And he's out to um, get. Um, take revenge against the people who um, did him wrong. It's like, oh hell yeah, man! I'm gonna go and kick some ass and all that shit. And it's like, it's you know, and it's re- and it's good fun. This first volume like tells an interesting story that you know does, isn't immediately clear. Um, in it's like at first, I mean, if you're reading the single issues, I can imagine like, hey, if you I read this and the first issue was like, what the fuck is going on here? The story doesn't really become clear until the third issue, but um. But by then, it's like you're like you're. Inve- if you get to that point, you're invest. If you be, you understand what he's doing, like the um the various agendas and storylines at play here, and it becomes a lot more involving as 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 a result. By the end of the first volume, I was invested in seeing um Rathak um get his body back as well as his as his um his fight against the um the Esau, as well as um Bobby and Dell's um. Like um, roles, critical roles in his um, in his quest as well. Also, um, the art from James Heron is is fantastic. I mean, Heron um, is a great artist um, with like when it comes to like, like showing showing us creative creatively designed monsters. And that's that's what got him the job on BPRD, and it's a real asset here. Yeah, he's missed on um, BPRD, but um, his work on Rumble is is top tier for. For what it is, great stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing um, seeing more of this. Even if um, its weirdness and um, quirkiness maybe mean maybe will mean that it doesn't um, last as long as it should. Now, as far as um, now that these are new series, but old series um, that I got new volumes of include um, in, well, 
consist of really is Invincible, Volume 21, Modern Family. Yes, we've moved out of the age of um, like t- volume titles from, from 80 sitcoms and we're moving on to the, mo- to the modern era here. Um, Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley's um, series has been um, fantastic, consistently fantastic, in the sense that you know it's a it's a superior series that isn't beholden to any, you know, like real any specific. Yes, it essentially takes place in the Image universe, but the Image universe is kind of like such a nebulous con- construct that you know it really doesn't matter. It's like you know what goes on here to the point where you can have um, where um, where you can have one of the supporting characters um robot um take it over. And I'll make things better, and you know everyone's not not going to blink an eye at at that. In fact, it'll make a um, compelling makes a compelling plot point here because after um, our our series protagonist Mark Grayson um, like witnesses like the world being made better like at uh, at the hands of this this guy who um, did all these bad things in order for it to happen. He realizes, hey, you know, there's no point in hanging around here. I'm just going to go. I'm going to take my my like my what my um my long-term girlfriend, my kid, and we're just going to go out to Earth because there's... Go, go out to... Um, out, out into the universe because there's so much drama here that um, I, that it's not worth dealing with anymore. And that's that's the thrust of this volume. And it's makes for, like, a lot of good... A lot of good storytelling drama. I mean, one of the... It's... Uh, one of the fun plot um, plot threads that runs through this volume is the um, fight between Battle Beast and um, exiled um, Viltrumite leader Thrag. Um... As they um, as they'll just they start fighting in the first in the first issue, and then you'll see them fight throughout the uh, like the su- every subsequent issue until the um, victor um, like establishes himself and it gets um, like and you find out that, oh hey this is this is how it's going to go, and um, Thrag is um, also has his own plans for how for um for like um for getting back. For taking back the Viltrumite throne, and um, the way he's go- he's doing it, it's probably going to work. But um, worth noting though is that um, this series also follows up on the aftermath of Mark's rape by the um, Viltrumite Anissa in the previous volume, and it's yeah, this is this is something that the, that um, it's like it's it's difficult to talk about in the sense that you know that you know it. That it risks becoming like a um, like a like a plot development for shock value, and um, like you know, trivializing the concept of rape in the first place. But um, Kirkman like sticks the landing here in this volume too. As um, Mark has a, another confrontation with Anissa in front of his dad, that um, he he's furious at her, but he can't do anything about it without talking about it, and he's just not going to do that. He does, however, um, discuss it with um, his wife. And um, or sorry, long-term girlfriend um, at, um, Eve, and it's like, wow, it's like that's the um, it's like it's it, it's heartening to see that she's going to stick by him and help him deal with this, but um, it's but it also helps 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 emphasize the idea that you know rape is not something that just happens that happens to women for cheap drama in comics. Yeah, it's like you can have it happens to the guys, and you now he's marks gonna have to keep dealing with this like for a long for a long time and all and whether or not um, it's gonna uh, come down to like, him beating the crap out of Anissa or you know finding some other way to deal with it that's something I'm interested in seeing but at the same time though there's also all this great alien um, drama in the sense that you know hey that um, they have to find out just you know how 
like you know, we've got how do we deal with like living in this um it's like in like on another planet since that where you know like there's this um food that will make us they'll make our crap just seem like un like like some sort of like unholy excrement um or um or food that will make our daughter's blood so oxygenized it looks like she's not breathing it's like or like you know like when you're rescuing a kitty from a tree turns out this kitty is ed is an edible delicacy as well like just weird stuff like that. I mean, Invisible can, it's yeah. It's like they um, Turkman likes to troll the industry in the sense that hey, it's like you know, it's probably the best um, superhero comic book in the, published in the universe. But you know, more often than not, Invisible um, like shows us that yeah, it really is one of the best um, superhero comics out there, and consistently an argument for you know like for having like, your own super. Being able to like do whatever you want within your own superhero universe. All right. Next up is um, volume two of the Wicked and the Divine, um, Dandemonium, and um, it was um, mentioned in the solicitations that um, it was going to be um, even better than the first volume because well, the first volume collected um, five issues. This one collects six. Um, five, six is better than five. It's one more, right? And yeah, it's like it is um, a. Like a um, a ton of fun. So after the first volume dealt with, um, you know, the ret the return of the gods to to like um to Earth and um he and heralded this like you know this great time of crazy crazy inspiration and drama. It also had um Lucifer the the human incarnation of Lucifer um getting caught up in a web of drama that um involved like involved the death of the judge and like and her own um death by exploding head as well. Now Laura the um. Like the human who um who was recruited by Lucifer in order to help her sort out sort sort out this stuff, she's um still dealing with the aftermath of Lucifer's death as well as the um, moment when she um snapped her fingers and a uh, it's like and a flame came out at the end as well. So this this volume is is um equal parts just you know Laura dealing with her dealing with her drama. Um, and um, working with Inanna, one of the other gods, to find out just what happened to to Lucifer, as and also the um, it's like the convention of the gods, Fandemonium. It's like, and and also um, like like stuff like uh, like the introduction of Dionysus, the um, dance floor who walks like a god, basically the party 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 god for all for all the um, revelation of um, it's like it's like of the uh, three of. Of, of the three Norn gods as well, like Ur, like um Urder for for Dandy and Scald, who you know like they they can tell your past, present, and future, but are also you know also best known around these parts for, for being um distaff the distaff inspiration for um Bel Dandy, Earth, and Scald for Oh My Goddess, which I always get a kick out of when I see when I see other writers interpreting this. First with Neil Gaiman back in the days of Sandman, and now Kieran Gillen with um. It's like with the Wicked and Divine, and there's also all sorts of drama being masterminded by um by the by, by the God's handler, um, Ananka, as she um like you know tells it's like tells Baphomet about how he's the only one of the gods who can actually like you know kill them and um steal their lives to make make him last make to last longer than the uh, two years that they're given. So so there's so there's that, but also you know it turns out that you know they're that's the revelation that you know some of these people, like just just the whole the drama that they're involved with, and also the um, 
yeah, the visual inspiration that um, that Gillen and McKelvey unleashed on the page. It's thoroughly, thoroughly fantastic. A lot of fun. And then you get to the very like the final issue, and you realize, oh, hey, it's like you know, turns out like you know, getting what you want isn't um, it's like isn't exactly the best. It's like um, what you like um, like the best thing in the world ever. It's like, and it turns out that you know, if there is a bad, a, a, there is an antagonist in the series. It's going to be a Nanka because, like, the um, end of the volume basically sets up some great A-level drama, as well as um, you know, telling us, "Hey, you know, the story you've been reading so far, maybe not um, what you've been expecting." So really, it's like um, volume. So volume two, it's like set um, significant step forward, and even if like you know, the first volume didn't um, set my mind on fire, um, this volume definitely shows you that. Hey, it's like you know. Um, Gillen and McKelvey still have a, have a real winner with this this series, but hey, I'm still glad that they're um, that um, McKelvey is taking a break to give us um, give us the next volume of Phonogram as well, which is going to be awesome. And finally, we've got um, probably the no, not probably the best of these series that I've been talking about here, um, the Autumn Lands, um, Volume One, Tooth and Claw, from Kurt Busiek, um, the writer and artist Benjamin Dewey. Um, this is a series that, you know, I got the impression it was basically going to be like, you know, Conan with the um, serial numbers filed off featuring a bunch of talking animals. That's not too far off, but um, there's a fantastic sense of world building here that that in th- that um, music invests in, in this series. Basically showing us this um, this world full of talking animals that have their, that have their own gods, their own, it's like their own... Co- it's like their own culture. It's like their own, their own businesses. Like, and all. It's like and all the um the petty rivalries that exist between between the species, as well as the um, people who have have the power, magic, and the, those who don't. It's like it's the first volume is simply it's a fascinating world, and also one that is in decline in the sense that you know it's getting harder and harder to perform magic. So, um, so it's basically um. So one um, maverick um, uh, um, practitioner of the arts, um, Garta, um, a war- of female warthog, basically um, proposes the idea of, of summoning the um, the great champion of the world, like who um, basically um, basically helps create, like basically help create magic, um, basically um, to bring him back into this world, and um, basically jump like jumpstart things. Now it. Um, but um, it's but her, her like her um her her attempt to do this is basically um poo pooed by the um by the by the A list magic magic users, and and she has to like recruit a bunch of bunch of people who are just like you know bunch of just that people who are just like you know wait we want to try this but you know we're not like the A list here including um Sands the owl who um is so full of himself that you just know he's going to be an antagonist over the course of this series. Now the thing is, like their attempt works. They're able to bring, um, th- like a great hero into this world, but it also comes at the cost of one of their the city they're flying. Their um, one of their flying cities being brought to the ground. It also happens to be the, the uh, flying city that they're all on at the time. So now they're on the earth. They're on the ground, having to deal with the the um the natives who um, don't like them, who have been feel that they've been lording. Lording them over them after all this time, and you basically just got a bunch of like um, magic users who you know have got 
access to some spells, but aren't you know the greatest physical fighters as well. But as a, but then the, the big reveal is that um, the uh, great they didn't it didn't look like they brought the actual great hero back. They brought they brought some guy named Stephen T. Learoid, and um, he's well. Thing is, like he actually came from he didn't come from some um, some. Um, fancy ass on um, magical wielding universe. No, he came from some hardcore science fiction um, laser, it's like lasers and starfighters um, style universe. And he's convinced at first that this is like some cr- some crazy psyops trick to get him to um, spill all the all this all the secrets he has for um, his like for his side of the war that he's on. But he eventually comes around to realize that hey, you know, it's like. Even if this is a complete hallucination, it doesn't have to be completely stupid. So basically, you've got a really a um a human, not a talking animal, who um is like who is um vi- who is really clever, um uh, like leading a bunch of um talking animals who um who are more like you know magic users than anything else against a um group of evil other talking animals who are buffalo evil buffalo people who are try- who are like looking to um sell some scores for years of uh, mistreatment at the hands of these um, other, these magic users. So, it's so basically it's a the series is a great um, it's a great bit of world building, like, it has some really, some really interesting characters, even if they, they do contain, they um, do um, adhere to the standard, some standard tropes as well, but it's a, but it's a thoroughly entertaining Thoroughly entertaining read features some fantastically detailed art art from from, from Benjamin Dewey, and um, really, it's like by the end of the first volume, I was I was like, "What's gonna happen next?" I mean, yeah, it's like I mean, at, at the end of which is I was kind of like, oh, "Okay, I can kind of see where this is going." Rumble, same same as same thing. Um, Wicked and Divine, yeah, um, that's it. They've kind of like you know self destructed their um, initial premise, but. Um, but um, the Autumn Lands, yeah, it's like I really want to know what's what's gonna happen next, and um, yeah, it's not um, no, it's not Conan with the serial numbers filed off. It's something better. So, so really, it's like I'm looking. I, um, out of all all the series here, well, I mean, of course, I'm always looking forward um to the next volume of Invincible, but um, I'm eager for um next volume of the Autumn Land, next volume of the Autumm Lands, and um, definitely want to see where um Busick and um, Dewey are going going with this. So, John, um, any thoughts on your end about all this stuff? Well, there sure is a lot of stuff you did talk about, but um, not in particular. Um, do you recommend the um, the uh, Invincible series still? Is it, oh, uh, ab- absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten you the uh, that uh, first volume first hardcover all those years ago if I didn't think it was worth following. Still going and strong then. Still going strong. I mean, Excellent. it's, Kirkman is just, it's just look at, these days he looks at the, um, like, at the, vol- the series and goes, like, you know, what superhero convention can I subvert with this volume? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And I know that one you talked about this time was uh, Modern Family, correct? Yeah, that's the, that's the title of the latest volume. Ah, oh, great. Fantastic. So, um, outside of that, um, do you know what you're going to talk about next time? Next time is the finale of Fables. I'm going to catch up with um, volume with um, volume 22, and I'll talk about 
um, the final volume, which also doubles as issue 150 of the series. Great. Well, we look forward to it, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters. Bye.